0: Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Dessa Glasser. I run the data and analytics practice at the Financial Risk Group, and I have the pleasure today of talking with Denise Letcher, who is the CDO of PNC Bank. Can you describe some of the critical features and how you've introduced a data risk framework to the business and the other functional areas of your firm? Okay, so let me take a moment
1: just to explain um, my team and where I report, because I think that would be a good foundation to answer this question. So, um, so I do report to the chief risk officer. So I sit in the oh. second line of defense, and, and just you know, to give the basic of, of heightened, heightened standards, there's three lines of the defense where the first line of defense is in the business, The second line of the defense challenges, the first line, and the third line of defense is internal audit. And enterprise services is a lot what I do as the CDO. Enterprise services can sit in the first and second line. So here I am a CDO reporting to the chief risk officer. I have one team that is very independent and they are a second line of defense data risk team. And then my other CDO functions like data management, being the business owner for the data ecosystem, centrally supporting data analytics, those are more enterprise services. So when I think of um, the data risk Framework in my second line of defense data risk team, I have a team of very good data risk officers. And their critical function is to oversee the data risk management practices across the enterprise. And then, as part of their role, they establish data policies and procedures. They also monitor the effectiveness of controls. And they monitor adherence to the data risk appetite and issue remediation. So that team is very focused on those elements. They basically look at incomplete and inaccurate data, and they make sure that they can assess the risk, measure it, and monitor it. So, and then as far as the second part of your question, so how did you introduce it to the business? So one of the things that we did is when we first set up the data risk domain, we partnered with the business because this is a new practice. You have to partner when you identify the first business processes where you put data controls around data risk. And then we partnered with them on the production of the reports and the metrics and, and the monitoring. So it was a partnership at first before you could step back and be more independent. And then as far as the whole the CDO and the enterprise data services, there like the responsibility there is you have to provide the appropriate data governance policies and procedures that people use out there. And you have to provide definitions for critical data and tools. And you really need to give people what they need so they can measure and monitor quality.
0: Okay, great.
1: A little bit bit complex there, but I hope that answers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, so you have an enterprise services, but you also have a control function. But in building it, you've engaged the business and and kind of trained them along the way. It sounds like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. very, very smart idea. All right, so maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the considerations that CDOs should take into account when developing and rolling out the data risk framework. I think you've talked about how you work with the business, but you know, what are what are some of the considerations that people should think about?
1: Yeah, that's a great follow up question, because like I can give some examples that hopefully people can utilize to bring it to life. Right. Some use cases. Right. So, you know, do you know your critical data? You know, have a definition of what your critical data is. Uh, Do you have the ability to measure data quality? You know, what tools do you have in place? How do you measure it? Can you provide data metrics and reporting across the data lifecycle? Can you follow the lines of defense? Do you know who's doing what and what their responsibility is? Uh, Can you drive the data standards? So, you know, in summary, you know, I think the CDOs have to be able to support data quality metrics, they have to support standards on quality. They have to give the definition of critical data, definitely define business usage and consumption, and provide some metadata or data catalog capabilities. Okay, great. So that's so hopefully very good that advice. made sense of the first answer that brought, brought some of that to life.
0: Yeah, yeah, Now that's great because that's given some advice in terms of what people have to think about when they're building this and they can apply it to their own areas so great so we've talked about implementing a data-driven culture and how to motivate your teams you know in times of uncertainty and even regulatory pressure so can you describe how you and your team are responding to increased regulatory scrutiny and demands in recent years particularly after um after the banking crisis how do you respond to that what are you doing right now to help you know in those areas when the regulators are asking for more and more
1: yes that that is the world we live in today so you know first of all i, I just really rely on the organization of my team you know we have very well structured disciplines But more importantly, we've established a cohesive teamwork practice across the teams. So we work together. We know what each other is working on. And so when we need to scale and also stop maybe some things we're doing as the demands of data increase, we're able to really leverage each of the team's strengths to ensure responses are swift and accurate. You know, because like we do have increased demands, but that means you may need to change what you're currently doing. And, and this this cross, this teamwork, I think, is really, really what enables us to, as I said, deliver very, very quickly. Additionally, you know, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to keep communicate communication, the lines of communication open with the regulators, you know, so I I meet with them on an ongoing basis one to give them an update on my business but two just to hear what their expectations are because expectations you know do evolve and change and and it's very important to directly ask you know um what what are you looking for what are your expectations um talk openly um, I I think you need to be transparent. Everything isn't always rosy. So you need to be able, as you're talking with them, to to be able to have conversations about some uh, challenges or things that you are thinking through. Uh, I, I think that's extremely important. And then, you know, there's so much going on right now uh, in the industry, you know, in the world. I think it's important to get industry perspectives. I think, you know, there's meet with consultants and meet with peers. You know, it's very important to meet with peers. Um, because you can see, you know, what people's challenges are having. You can hear what's going on um, with other people as far as their interaction with the regulators. So I think it's extremely important to just, you know, work your network. And uh, I think the worst thing you can do when you get more busy is just turn in and not, you got to continue, even though you don't have the time, you have to continue to reach out to people.
0: I think that's fantastic advice, especially having a regulatory role in the past. We reached out to peers, and it's, it's very important, as well as yeah. the regulators. I think that's all the time we have. So I wanted to thank you, Denise, for joining me today. And uh, tell the group listening that uh, visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. But I've had a lot of fun. But thanks so much, Denise. It's been really interesting. Thank you, Dessa. It's been great.